everyone and welcome to another episode of the Calm Collective Podcast. I'm Cassandra and I'm so thankful that you're here for yet another episode. This week has been pretty good. I had a bit of anxiety a few days ago. Um, My first real anxiety attack that I've had probably in a month or two, um, which was a bit unnerving. But the really beautiful thing is that it kind of set me back on track with finding a really gentle rhythm. I had sort of lost my flow when it came to my slow mornings and just listening to my body and what she needed. And so for the past few days, I've woken up around seven, I've gone to the kitchen to make my coffee, I've journaled, free journaled for about an hour while listening to some instrumental music, which is really, really soothing. Um, And then I've gone back to the kitchen to make some lemon ginger tea and taken Jasper for about a 30-minute walk while I listen to a guided meditation. I try to do it for the duration of the walk. Um, And just getting outside almost first thing in the morning has been really, really nurturing. And I don't know if it's because the fall air is so beautiful and crisp and that's kind of changing my my demeanor and my appreciation for being out in nature. This is my favorite season of all time. Um, but whatever it is, it's been feeling really good, really grounding for the past few days. And just my overall attitude and um, mental clarity has been so soft and so sweet and really gentle and I'm just feeling really grateful for everything that's going on um even even though let me just say that it's it's not to ignore all the things that are going on you know with COVID and all of the cases that are showing up every day and the lives that are being lost or um the first presidential debate just happening I'm not sure when this is going to go live but um I watched that last night and that just was a lot for anyone who watched. Um, No matter who you're voting for, that was a lot. But I left just feeling really proud of um, where I stand and the fact that my uh, vote by mail ballot came in. And I'm just feeling really proud that I have the ability and the right to vote. And I just want to take two seconds just to please please get out there and vote. It matters. No matter who tells you that it doesn't, it really, really does now more so than ever. So that's all I want to say about that. Um, What else is going on this week? I am sort of gearing down, hunkering down, I should say, and just having a really slow weekend. One of my really good friends is coming into town, which is exciting. I haven't seen her since, oh my gosh, last October maybe. Um, She lives in Boston and so she's coming and I'm going to be able to see a bunch of my girlfriends which is really really exciting. Um, And then yeah I'm really taking the weekend slow because I start my interior design job. I am now a design associate for the Gosling Group which is a really amazing um, interior design firm who specializes in real estate in Chicago and the suburbs and beyond. And the team is um, small right now and just so, so inspiring. I'm 
pinching myself every day that I get to be a part of this amazing team and to just further learn and educate myself within interior design and really put my um, my touches and what I know and my style and just to be a part of a team again. I'm so, so grateful and um, it really feels like a really sweet uh, time in life right now. I miss my relationship. It's the healthiest one I've ever been in. Um, my friendships, I'm really taking the time to hone in and honor, um, the really, really healthy ones and just giving them as much attention and time that I can, that feels good to me. Um, and really just living with a less is more mindset. That's really, really, really my, (laughs) my tried and true message for this fall and winter season moving into 2021 is, less is more and believing it and honoring that, whether it's my closet, whether it's um, relationships and just honestly getting back to basics, getting back to basics. I feel like I am rambling right now, but I'm not even going to edit this because it's really, it's my brain like working through things in real time. I don't have an outline in front of me. I'm really speaking to you just freely and truly from my soul and what she needs and what's sounding good right now. So please forgive me for all of that. Um, Lastly, I just got back from San Francisco and it was such a beautiful trip. I went with Jonathan. Um, He met my sister and um, two of my nieces and my nephew out there and what a sweet trip. I got to see one of my good friends, Courtney. Um, like I said, he met my sister. We spent a lot of really sweet time with her. Um, Jonathan and I went over to the bridge and just like laid in the grass and had some snacks and had some wine and just talked. And it was one of the most, um, refreshing things that I've done for myself in a while to not only get out of my, head and out of Chicago and into a new city, one that I love so much, but to be by the ocean and to have been so lucky to have beautiful weather. Um, The day that we left, actually later that night, they got hit with a major heat streak in temperature and the fire started up again, which honestly is just so heartbreaking. And I'm sending so many positive vibes to the West Coast every single day to my sister, to my family. Um, that they can just breathe deep, literally. So, okay, let's move into today's episode. I'm so excited to have Jocelyn Harvey of the Soul and Mindset podcast here. What a light. This person just radiates and blows me away. Her podcast is so amazing. I'll be sure to link it in the show notes, of course. Um, But I can't wait for you guys to meet her. She is... Honestly, one of the most refreshing people on the podcast platform right now, in my opinion, because she's so authentic. Her messages are so clear and concise. She delivers things in such a way that is so attainable, which is one of the main reasons I thought that she would be such a lovely guest for the podcast. So today, Jocelyn and I are going to dig into some talk about self-compassion. We're going to touch on spirituality. We're going to talk a lot about anger and rage and how to befriend anger and Jocelyn's new course. We talk about negativity and toxic relationships and how to override them. And we talk about building healthy habits. I can't wait for you to hear from her. I know I've already said that, but truly, I'm so, so excited to get 
this episode out into the universe and into your ears. So without keeping you waiting any longer, let's go to today's episode with Jocelyn Harvey of the Soul and Mindset podcast. I am just beyond excited for today's episode because we have Jocelyn Harvey of the Soul and Mindset podcast, a personal favorite. So not only is her voice just so soothing, but her message is clear, her wisdom on point, and her desire to truly help each of us to fully accept ourselves, to live in alignment within our souls, our minds, and our bodies. She's just the full package. And after my chat with her, I really am just so honored to be able to share her with all of you. It was a true gift to have her on the show. And please feel free to spread the love by sharing this episode on Instagram and tagging myself and Jocelyn. Let us know what you thought. And by also leaving a review on iTunes, just make sure to take a screenshot of your review and let me know that you've done it so I can send you a free print from my print shop. My way of saying thank you so much and that I appreciate you to the depths. Let's go to the show. Jocelyn, I'm so thrilled, honored, and humbled that you're here. You have such a gift by just being who you are and sharing yourself with us with your own podcast. So thank you from the depths for taking the time out to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. So I've been starting out each interview this season with Brene Brown's simple yet impactful question, how are you doing really? I am feeling a little heavy. Yeah. I'm feeling a little heavy, a little on edge, but still calm and relaxed. Just a messy mix. (laughs) Yeah. So when you feel on edge, do you have like a practice that you try and turn to when that happens? Or do you kind of just let yourself ride that out? It depends. I'm on, I'm right now as we lead up probably like a lot of people so it's just you know you gotta wait until it passes so finding things that I enjoy going about the day-to-day and just being really accepting that Mm -hmm. it's natural to be on edge during a time like this and only a few more weeks (laughs) yeah I know right okay so let's start off for anyone who might be unfamiliar with you and just get a little background on who you are how you've become the Jocelyn you are today Maybe start by telling us a bit more about where you grew up um, and how you got to living in Vermont and doing the work that you're doing now. Yeah, so I grew up in New Hampshire and also Maine as well. So very New England. I had a small stint down south. Uh, Missed the weather, but the college just wasn't the right fit for me. Mm -hmm. And I ended up in Vermont because I went to college for writing at Champlain. I stayed because I I enjoyed the area and it was where I felt comfortable. I didn't move around a lot as a child, but there had been enough major upheavals that when I find a place, I really like to root in. Mm -hmm. I stayed at one apartment for four years. And to be honest, there was one point where I wanted to move to Montreal. And then a month later, I met my now fiance. So that's been the big thing I've wanted to move to, the big place. But as I've gotten older, I've realized that I'm not this big city person. I really like small areas, nature, and that slowness. Well, that would be Vermont. That is high <laughs> on my list of places to visit. So what has it been like there with everything going on with the pandemic? What's been like the lifestyle? We have had it extremely easy compared to a lot of places. Mm-hmm. We're listed as one of the best, which granted we're not a super populated state. I live in Burlington, which Mm -hmm. is the largest city. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so people do wear a mask, but, it, you know, we've been able to go out and about. I was going on my walks even in the first week. So it hasn't been this huge struggle. I think I've waited in line for food three times at the grocery oh, wow. store. So it's been incredibly laid back and, you know, trying to honor that privilege compared to people in Melbourne who have yeah. been locked down for seven months. So yeah. it could have been a lot harder. Um, a lot of places around here do takeout. So we got takeout at a really nice restaurant and went down to the waterfront and mm. ate at it and was just joking. Like, you know, our grandkids, we can't lie to them and say that we had this really hard time during the pandemic because we still have so many freedoms here. Yeah, that's great. So you started your podcast not long ago, and it's clear for anyone who listens that you're a natural, as I told you before we started recording. So what inspired you to start your show? I wanted to be able to reach out to people in a longer format. I'm also a writing major, so that's really helpful. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people like listening to podcasts because you can do it, you can multitask. And I strongly believe, because when I first got my start online, I was talking about recovery. And now once a month, I talk about recovery Mm -hmm. from alcohol. Um, And now I'm talking more about spirituality and mindset. And I've just found that in all three of those realms, there are some things that it's such a disservice to try to talk about it in 2,200 characters on Mm -hmm. Instagram. So when I want to go on a little more of a, not even ramble, because I'm very organized, but when (laughs) I want to talk about these things that need more space and deserve more space, it's nice to pop onto the podcast and do that. Oh, I couldn't agree more. So something that I love that you touch on is, and that I think is so important, is self-compassion. So what do you think more than anything is missing when it comes to humans being able to just tap into that part of themselves? Why is it so difficult for us to show ourselves compassion? I think it's difficult because, first off, that's not really what we've been taught. We've been Mm -hmm. browbeat a lot, and especially as women, too. I can't speak for what it's like being a male, but being a woman, you just grow up from a very young age looking at all the things that you have done wrong and how you can improve and be better. And, of course, I'm in the self-development realm, but there's a way to do it that's compassionate and a way Mm -hmm. to do it that's beating ourselves up. And I think I posted about this recently is that being compassionate with yourself I believe some people think that's letting themselves off the hook, doing things that are Mm. probably not the best and just saying, oh, well, that's just who I am. And that's not what self-compassion is. It can be this very strong, firm energy, probably like the loving grandma, but the grandma that you don't mess around with. Totally. (laughs) So I think that, you know, having to make that shift that it's not just letting yourself off the hook, but it's being a little kinder to yourself, knowing that some things that have happened in your life weren't the best, weren't the great, but you couldn't move forward through it. Yeah. So I'm a firm believer that anyone who teaches or guides, myself included, has usually hit roadblocks within the category or one of the categories that they feel called to discuss. So is this true for you? And if so, what were your own roadblocks with self-compassion or what are your own roadblocks? Yes, I had a a lot of criticalness growing up, Mm. not as much as some people, but there was that subtle criticalness, which is what I watch for a lot in my wording too. I've been really leaning into feminist marketing practices Mm -hmm. and not leaning into pain points, which we're so used to doing. And then once you see that people are doing that, you just notice it all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, But one of the things that has been challenging for me in the work that I did before was 
when it came to a place that it just, it wasn't enough or when it came to a place that people were doing all this work, but they weren't trusting themselves on the other side. And you would see it so much in Facebook groups. Like, Mm -hmm. is this a test? Did I do this wrong? Like, what should I do instead? And you just have to, I just have to at least leave that energy because grown adults were smart. It's not that we can't look to people for guidance and suggestions, but when it gets into that really unhelpful environment that doesn't work for me. So mm. a lot of the things that I'm trying to teach on is yes, look to people, but also you have a lot within yourself and you can come up with a lot of your own answers. Mm-hmm. Your intuition truly knows all. It's just yeah. learning how to trust her. <laughs> and with intuition as well. Um, I can't think of where this is from. Maybe even Brene Brown, the idea of dignity to fail is when you still get in that subtle perfectionist mode of you want to take action, but you want to make sure you take the right one and just going out and doing it. Because Mm -hmm. with most things in life, I don't really think you're going to step in it that hard. And Mm -hmm. even if you do, you learn that's not what you do again. But I see that a lot in spirituality and mindset is this fear that a lot of women have of wanting to of not wanting to make the wrong move. So they stay stuck. And then they also stay looking at other people who might consciously or subconsciously be continuing that come to me, come to me mentality. Mm -hmm. I've been so, so guilty of that too. Even the Facebook group thing, like I've been one of those people and I'm now so in line with you where I'm like, that energy does not serve me. And I actually had a good friend have to like, she had to like pluck me out of that and be like, what are you doing? You are looking to everyone else. Like, you know, you know, like you're not doing yourself any favors. So I'm really glad you touched on that because I myself relate, and I'm sure so many other people relate as well. So you touched on spirituality for a second, but you approach spirituality in a really beautiful, attainable way. So what does that word mean to you? Attainable? Mm. Or spirituality? Spirituality, (laughs) sorry. (laughs) Well, um, spirituality spirituality is connecting in with yourself, connecting in with the world around you, whether that's the people around you, if you Mm. don't believe in a higher power or the universe or connecting with the universe and, and feeling good about yourself. Mm -hmm. I would say that feeling good about yourself. Yeah. How do you connect with that part of yourself? I always love hearing how others tap in to those pieces. Mm, How do I connect to myself? Various ways. Um, Focusing on how my body feels, that's been a big one Mm -hmm. because I had a year and a half of pretty bad chronic pain. So I was very out of my body. And as it started to get better, getting back in and noticing what my body is doing. And another way that I connect to myself is knowing that it's okay to look at my thoughts which isn't so much of an issue in the spirituality and mindset communities, but in certain areas of recovery, Mm. there can be this sort of push to like not think too much, not navel gaze. This is just happening to you because you have a drinking problem or a drug problem. And it just stops that curiosity because when you start thinking, you're like, oh, I'm I'm going crazy. I'm going to drink again or use a drug again. And Mm -hmm. yeah, like, you know, the first year can be a little rough and, and hard. But as you start to move out of that, you need to be able to process your thoughts and sit with them. So that's how I get in touch is just checking in with the body and what's going on. And sometimes I reframe and sometimes, like you said earlier, I just got to let it ride out. And I find mm-hmm. that when I don't fight it, it gets done much faster than if I pretend everything is fine and get really strong armed. Right. Yeah. So I want to ask your 
like you're you're so wise you have like so much wisdom and it just like effortly flows and your mindfulness tips and like your practices are just so impactful did this stem from your recovery from drinking or has this kind of always been the way that you operate hmm it stemmed from my recovery because I was just a daily heavy drinker. I got sober right before I was 25. And even then it was just two and a half, three years of consistent drinking. And honestly, that was, that was my first self care. Like that is how I took care of myself. Um, it numbed a lot and it made a lot feel good. And, um, obviously it got to a place where it was really unhealthy, but in recovery, I, that's when I learned I had a lot of anxiety and I didn't realize how much I'd been carrying through my life. And there are certain things that you're not necessarily going to learn in recovery. And I just had to figure it out on my own, not to say that I can't have moments of anxiety, but how it was happening was like, no, 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 this, this is Mm -hmm. not going to be the rest of my life. So Mm -hmm. I really dug in and I will say that I did a lot on my own there's that tendency to want to say, to, to give other people credit. And of course I have been to therapy and and taken courses and learned from others, but I also learned a lot about just paying attention to myself. And it's something I'm incredibly proud of to think that when I was like five years ago at this time, this was when I was really bottoming out in 2015. Um, I was I had terror, like I didn't want to move, get out of bed, do anything. And to get to a place where like, that's not the case anymore. I'm so hugely proud of that. Mm -hmm. So if anyone out there is, you know, in that boat too, it it takes work, but um, it really can turn around. It's, Mm -hmm. it's amazing. Yeah. I love so much that you're giving yourself all of that credit. I think we as humans forget to do that truly. And that goes back to self-compassion, you know, like giving yourself the credit for the work that you've done other people can't change you only you can change you you can be influenced but yeah it's up to you to do the work so that's amazing so I'm really excited to talk about this I want to talk about anger and rage it's a little taboo and I love so much how much you talk about it I want to talk about all the things your course everything so the work that you've been putting out about this topic is so freeing to hear about and really incredible to witness. So how did this topic come about for you and why do you feel like it's necessary to widespread to the public? Ooh, yeah. So first off, because I love bringing in social awareness and differences Mm -hmm. (laughs) into the mix is I will say that I feel it's a lot easier to settle into your anger as a black woman. Mm-hmm. And that's not, uh, in some cases, we do have a little more to be angry about. But um, it's, we have that stereotype, but there's just, there's just that difference that I don't notice with, like with some of my white friends mm-hmm. who are just very like afraid to be angry. They have a lot, but they don't have a name on it. So I was like, you know, I came into this space to bring a different demographic, a different viewpoint. And it's something that I was very bold about. And it probably was born out of recovery. <laughs> I took a lot of great things from the recovery programs that mm-hmm. I did, but there was, you know, still a lot that when it's written by like old white men from decades ago, it's not the most up to date. Right. <laughs> and there is a sentiment that like you just couldn't be angry because you weren't able to handle your anger and you should like leave it to other people. And there was like no such thing as justifiable anger, which whenever that brought up, I was like, "Mm, actually, (laughs) yeah, actually there is. And actually it might be a different experience with men because 
for the most part, they're allowed their anger, very different for black men, but even still, like men are allowed their anger. So they've probably just done it more in unhealthy ways and it's easier for them to to start to pull away. Whereas women, we've been told to repress the anger, Mm -hmm. that it's unladylike. And then if you're even in the spirituality community, male, female, everything, um, you know, it's unspiritual, it's low vibes, you should never let it come up. And if it does, it needs to go away in five minutes. And I just mm-hmm. thought that's such a silly way to live. And I noticed that like anger is the only emotion we're like that about, which is just, it just, so it stood out to me. And I wanted to dig into that more because I just felt it was such BS and so many of us were falling for it. Mm-hmm. I personally, and I think why I was so lit up when I first heard you talk about this, I think anger is beautiful. And I know that sounds weird maybe to some people, but it's also about how it's communicated. So I have a couple of friends who are fiery, and it's one of my favorite characteristics about them because I really think that does boil down to because of how they release their fire. You know, they're conscious and they're aware and they're not throwing daggers, Um, and even my sister also, since her kids were little, she let them know that their anger and frustration is so warranted. So she can deescalate the fury by simply just like looking at them and letting them know that their scene and their emotion is just as valuable as pure joy. And I really love that. I think it's so important. Oh, that's so beautiful. That was most definitely not my upbringing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely not my upbringing. And yeah, it's, it's just something we all need to get in, in touch with and mm-hmm. listen to because it has something to teach us. But interesting what you said about the fieriness, too, is that I feel like there is this understanding that we have that like anger and violence have to go together, which I don't believe yes. they have. And that's why I think people, well, people have brought them together, but they're not like mutually exclusive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know what you mean. <laughs> and um yeah, so there's this like idea that like anger means violence and that's yeah. not the case. So I do have that free course which is super great on exploring rage. And I do think that when you're in a place of rage, that's when you like definitely can feel violent. It might have been violent whether it was towards yourself or others or a wall. But that was the first thing I noticed, especially with some of the recovery stuff having been been written so long ago for men, by men talking about anger just made me think, you know, was this around at a time where it was more prevalent to mm. not be so great to your wife and mm-hmm. trying to move on? Not that that still obviously doesn't happen in this day and age, but it just got me thinking of like, why do people shy away from wanting to talk about anger so much? And I imagine that association that we have feeds into it. Yeah, absolutely. that's so well said. How do you personally deal with your own anger when it shows up? I sit in it. Mm. That's a lot of what the course is on is I have some sections where we talk about society because Mm -hmm. that plays into it. Um, Unfortunately, society changes a little slow. So how can we deal with the anger until then? Mm -hmm. And being able to sit in this big feeling that we're having and know that we are, I would say, for the most part, safe in that feeling, even though it's uncomfortable and pay attention to the thoughts that come up and the physical reactions that happen to our body and maybe even some mental stuff that goes on when we're angry. And just knowing that it's okay to hold a lot of space for that. And one of my big beliefs with spirituality, unfortunately, as I think we're really encouraged to always feel 
quote balanced or mm. serene or just like in this this middle place Slowly. where like nothing kind of bothers us on every side yeah. and I don't think we're really good at being encouraged to hold big emotions that are like negative or even things like joy, like, like saying, you know, I did this work, I accomplished this. It's like, it's uncomfortable. We don't know how to hold space within our bodies for that. Mm -hmm. So I think that just spreads out to everything. And yeah, being like serene and in the middle is fine, but that's also not want to, how I want to live my life Mm. either 24 seven, like to be joyful. Mm -hmm. And when something really pisses me off, I want to feel okay and being pissed off and knowing that if I'm pissed off for two days out of the week, that doesn't make me a bad person. It doesn't make (laughs) you broken. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So with your course, Befriending Anger, for anyone who's listening, who, who would this course be for? Is it for anybody? Is it, would you recommend it more for people who have like a little bit of um, resentment towards themselves about how they experience anger? All of the above? Yes. (laughs) I would say for everyone, Definitely. Definitely wrote it with women in mind, too, Mm because there's a lot. We talk a lot about that and and how it shows up in the workplace, especially Mm. and being just honest with how we sometimes have to deal with our anger. And if you grew up in a home where you weren't allowed to express it, that's definitely who this would be for. And I Mm. also talk about people who grew up where there was a lot of anger and verbal abuse and maybe even violence and if they were in that course, you know, maybe or interested in the course, maybe they had gone so far in the other direction of I don't want to be like that. And they just are repressing mm-hmm. and shutting down their feelings and not holding it in. So it is really for anyone who wants to be able to you know, befriend anger and see what it's about. And it's yeah, I just I was so excited to come up with it. And something that two people said, cause I had, um, you know, three people go through it. And one person said that even though it was talking about anger, it was a very calm and fun environment, which mm. I didn't intentionally put in, but I guess that's kind of what I do. Um, and another person in their first week, they got this idea to do banishment spells for people. So they like went on and started like helping people oh, with wow. their own anger and it's yeah. such beautiful work. So, I hate being like, when you go through this, this is a transformation you're going to get. But if I were to say, like, just being okay with being angry, like, this course is not about reframing anger. Mm-hmm. Because we're so good at reframing things, honestly. If you've been in spirituality and mindset, that's just, like, what we naturally do. This mm-hmm. is being like, I'm angry and that's okay. Mm-hmm. I also think what's really lovely about all of this is that if you're taking it for you, for your own anger, the course, I mean, you're also then subconsciously learning the tools to react to other people's anger with such compassion. And it's that mm-hmm. word again, right? It's like it's all rooted back to compassion and being able to like hold other people people's anger and not take it on personally and instead be like, so glad you're expressing yourself. You know, it's not just about the self. It's like a community. Yeah. Yeah. So on the subject of anger, let's talk about negativity for a little bit. I Again, I'm like a broken record. Really love your approach (laughs) when it comes to toxicity, and I really want to dive deeper here. So negativity is something that humans on this earth can't avoid. We just can't. It's part of the process. So how do you handle negative energy around you? Are you someone who can, like, kind of sit in the mud there and take it on and put a bubble around yourself, or are you pretty blunt and, like, explaining that this is not for you, or do you just physically walk away? Mm. So during COVID, since I've been working from home, I haven't really needed to 
deal with a lot mm. of situations. Mm-hmm. And I definitely am more the energetic boundary type than the verbal boundary type. That's something that is going to be a lesson later in life. Mm-hmm. I, but I am someone who can take on stuff and get drawn into stuff easily if I'm not mindful. Like when I'm at a restaurant, my energy just gets pulled in 20 different directions. Mm-hmm. But I have gotten a little better with, you know, people I just see randomly out imagining, which eh, not like the worst habit, not the best habit, but like, well, maybe they're going through this and this and Mm -hmm. this. I can give them some grace for that. And then with people that I know, that's the harder, (laughs) the harder thing. And I haven't been around people so much, but I try to rework the conversation if I can. But yeah, I'm definitely not one of those like get up, get up and go types. Yeah, same. I'd like to be. I'd like to be able to just be like, not for me. Thank you. Bye. But no. So what would you tell the listeners who are dealing with some relationships in their lives that they're ready to let go of that are taking away rather than adding value, a negative cloud, if you will? What would you tell those people who feel stuck in breaking free from that toxicity? Mm. Just like anger, just like all things, it's mm-hmm. or many things, it's it's going to be uncomfortable. And first off, just okay with that discomfort. I think we can get into a place where we feel like, oh, just because something's in alignment for us to leave this mm. friendship, this relationship, that it's going to be easy. And that's not necessarily the case. It's still going to be challenging. Mm-hmm. And to so that's like a really like spiritual, energetic side. And then from the more analytical Virgo rising side of myself <laughs> is, you know, journaling it out. Yeah. And is this a person that you can have a conversation with? Is this someone that needs to slowly transition out of? Um, because sometimes like having that conversation, even though it seems like the highest expression of how to leave a situation might not be helpful for either, either person. Um, and then like, you know, the fear of like, why are you afraid of leaving this relationship? Mm. And I have, I'm start. I have mixed feelings about manifestation. I guess it depends on like who teaches manifestation, whether I'm drawn to it or not. But I do love that phrase that gets put around, like nature abhors the vacuum. And the idea that when this person is no longer in your life, like something different is going to come in, whether it's the the stress relief from not having to deal with whatever their stuff is, a friendship that better serves you, or just simply more time to do what you love. Mm-hmm. Um, just know that that's on the other side of it as well. But friendship breakups are really hard. So hard. <laughs> the worst. Yeah. And really drawn out. Like it's not overnight. It's like, yeah. Woof. Yeah. <laughs> One other thing I'd love to touch on is forming healthy habits. So This can be really freaking difficult to stick to beneficial ones, yet so easy to succumb and hold on to negative negative ones. So why do you think that that is? Why is it so easy for us to treasure the negative habits and harder to adapt to the healthy ones? Mm. Well, the negative ones still feel good, even if they feel terrible. That's like, true. Despite all my horrible hangovers. Yeah, like, that's true. Drinking so fun at times. Yeah. Um, you know, I would say another one of my big things is know your why around a habit. And Mm -hmm. I actually have, it's on my site. When you pop on, it's a free monthly goal setting guide. Mm -hmm. And the big thing is, is I'm like, know your why of why you're choosing this. Is it because you've heard someone talk about it on a podcast or seen it on Instagram? Or is this something that you actually want to 
integrate into your life. And I Mm. think it's hard when we try to pick up a habit that is just so different from who we have been outside of those like major life changes that we might have, like getting sober, like, you know, these big events, but like, say, you know, a habit is getting out and going on a morning walk or journaling. Um, You know, those things are great, but you know, are they the right thing for you? Are they what's going to fuel your soul? Mm -hmm. So I think that's, what's really hard. And then also similarly to that, if it's in alignment, it should be easy as knowing that at the beginning habits aren't effortless. It's like, riding a bike when you just got in your training wheels off, like you have to earn that ease Mm. and being able to lock in and know for the first few months, it's going to feel weird. And you're just seeing people who have just done this so often for so long that it looks easy. Right. So just being gentle with the habit. So if someone came up to you and said like, Jocelyn, I'm having such a hard time implementing X healthy habit. I really want to make this a part of my daily life. What would like, how would you guide them through that? Are there any steps that you believe work to help implement a healthy habit? Mm, so the asking why is kind of what I had just mm-hmm. said, but I would suggest baby steps. I like that. <laughs> the little training wheels. Yeah. Um, you know, can you start doing it? Yeah. Like a, what is a smaller version and being okay with doing it just once a week. I think we've all been like that with the gym where we want to go six times a week and that's just like not going to happen with most of us, just doing it one time a week and building up that confidence, even though it's once a week, you're building up the confidence and it's going to feel good because you're accomplishing something rather than trying to do it all the time, not doing it and likely telling yourself like, Oh, I'm so terrible. I'll never be able to pick this up. Yeah. if I were to share a habit, um, I started my first gratitude journal back in 2017 and it took me like until this year to actually finish it. But in the past, I don't know, you know, several months, I like really picked up on it a lot faster. So not saying it's going to take three years to get into something, but like really it, it might take some time and then it finally catches and is the thing that is really helpful in your life. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it's a really good way to also get familiar with yourself and know if that really is a habit that you should be taking on. You know, like there could be a bunch of resistance and like, listen to that. What is that resistance? Is this because like you said, I heard it from someone else and I think I should be doing this. Does this not work for me personally? That also doesn't mean failure. So I think slow and steady is really good advice. And if I were to squeeze something in very yeah, quickly on of that is also being very mindful of not only who you're taking your habits for, but like, do they work for your lifestyle? I do not have any kids right now. Mm-hmm. I'm working from home. So yeah, it's easier for me to get up and do my morning journaling and walk now to my living right. room and doing it. But like, I wouldn't, if a mom of three was saying that it's, you know, really hard for her to do this. I wouldn't be like, well, do you want it bad enough? Right. Being honest and also being honest, the people who work for themselves and, you know, work hard. But if that is the thing that they're also doing their business off of, they have a very different lifestyle than the person having the nine to five. It's kind of like fitness gurus. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, if I was getting millions in endorsements to have a body like that, I'd be hitting up the gym six times a week, but that's not who I am. Right. So it's not letting yourself off the hook, but just bringing that nuance to it of there's just certain things that are easier to do depending on your lifestyle. Yeah. I'm very glad you said that. That's super important. So as we start to wrap up, I wanted to ask some random, somewhat personal questions, if that's okay with you. 
Of course. <laughs> okay. So if you can take a deep belly breath here and ask your soul what you think is the takeaway from the year of 2020 and what you think is to follow, what would you say? Patience. Mm, so quick. I love it. <laughs> yeah. That is so true. <laughs> Are you an early bird or a night owl? Early bird. Also love being a night owl, though, which is challenging when you work a nine to five, but yeah. I'm an early bird more so. Do you have any sort of like a morning flow or rhythm these days? Yes. Um, in the summer or when it's just lighter out earlier, I'm usually up around 530. Again, mm -hmm. it's really just easy for me to do that. And mm -hmm. I go on walks and that's really great. And now that it's getting darker and I can't walk until later, I've been getting up and I've really been in information intake mode, mm -hmm. studying, learning. So that's what I've been doing with my mornings. Awesome. What is a piece of yourself or your life that you celebrate daily? Something that you're proud of? Hmm. You know, I would say my sobriety because it without my sobriety, I really don't think that I would be here. So mm -hmm. it's always on my mind every day. Yeah. If you could wish one thing upon humanity, what would that be? Empathy. Mm -hmm. What's one thing that you struggle with most on a daily basis, big or small? Oh, that's a really hard one. Mm -hmm. Something that I struggle with most, leaving tasks incomplete. Mm -hmm. yeah. Virgo rising. <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> what is one of your favorite businesses to support right now? Oh, yes. Yeah. So I thought about this and they have an online store, but they're located in Burlington, Vermont. They're called Slate, uh, slateco.com. And imagine the checkout aisle at TJ Maxx, but a much more high-end mm. sort of Danish version of it. And you mm. go in and there's just like, there's gummies and there's cookbooks and there's perfumes and oils. And it just feels like a hug. It's not anything that you need, but it's the things that you want. So Ooh. when the stores opened, I have, I have shopped there quite a few times. <laughs> yeah. That sounds heavenly. What's one thing that's been lighting you up? Mm, um, connecting with people mm. now, now mm -hmm. that soul and mindset's really starting to pick up and I had my first launch and could talk to other launchers and content mm -hmm. creators, just having all these new beautiful connections with people who I just know online that are just so fulfilling and uplifting. That has just been so great, especially at a time where there's a lot of isolation theoretically mm -hmm. going on. Mm -hmm. So to still be connected. So since I'm also interior design and I love everything about interiors, I have to ask, what is your favorite thing about your home? <laughs> it is not this couch that is behind <laughs> <laughs> This is like my fiance's late uncle's. <laughs> yeah, um, the favorite thing I have, I love about my home is I started creating this dried flower altar Ooh. and every few weeks I get just more dried flowers and I find a good like kombucha bottle with a label comes off perfectly and I put them in there love it and, like, pretty leaves it's so simple too mm, I love that what is your most prized possession mm, my most prized possession <sighs> this is <laughs> This is going to be a funny one, but I love my rice bag my microwavable rice oh bag. my gosh that's <laughs> so funny <laughs> If the house was on fire, I would take that. Those things are magical, though. Is that That's like where you like put it in the microwave, right, and it heats up, and you can put it on your neck or whatever? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's really funny. 
What does being human mean to you? <laughs> that was like the saddest look. <laughs> being human means it means a lot. It's it's going through being human is just everything. And I don't even mean that in that like profound way. It's mm-hmm. just it's everything all at once. Mm-hmm. Really it is. Lastly, where can people find you? And aside from befriending anger, are there any other courses or exciting things coming up that we can look for from you? Yes, probably early November, I am going to be releasing a smaller like mini module, likely under $50 on understanding your emotional timeline, which Mm. I think is super important. I touch on that in befriending anger. And I'll share this with people first. It's something that I've been bopping around and wanting to do courses that like aren't already out there Mm -hmm. is I have really wanted to do one on the shadow aspect of vanity and just like owning that and having it be like group coaching and taking it back and being like okay with being interested in your looks but from a way that feels deep and not trying to match society but Mm -hmm. that like scares me and I want to be like I'll do a shadow workshop but there's so many great shadow workshops so keep an Mm. eye out for that I think I will be doing something I'm intrigued (laughs) I like rocking the boat (laughs) yeah absolutely and then where can people find you oh yes um you can find me at instagram at soul underscore and underscore mindset uh soulandmindset.com and my podcast is soul and mindset and it is so good I'm so, so happy for you. Thank you so much for being here. This was such a gift, and I'm so grateful to have gotten to know you a bit better and to be able to share you with my listeners, so I know they'll be better for it. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you for having me. This was great. of course. So there you have it, the episode with Jocelyn Harvey of Soul & Mindset. You can find everything that we talked about in the show notes, um, her courses, her website, anything that I have going on, I will mention in the show notes as well. Um, again, if you feel inspired to do so, please leave a review. It's so helpful to help the podcast grow organically and land in the laps of those who might need it. Um, and also when you do it, please feel free to, uh, take a screenshot and email that screenshot to hello at the And I will give you a free downloadable print of your choice from my print shop to $49 value again for free, just to say thank you so much. Treat each other well, lift each other up, let's show compassion to others and to yourself. And just remember that we're never in any of this alone. I'll see you back here next week.